Welcome to The Best A Man Can Get, and this man is doing and helping others to do just that. Born in the Soviet Union and moving in with Uncle Sam at age 11, he became a student of lighting and technical theatre and went on to work in live entertainment for 15 years. Now his mission is to help people live their best lives by improving their minds, health, wealth and relationships. Every week he has a meaningful conversation with real people about things that truly matter. So he's never heard of this show then, that's for sure. It's Yuri Nea. Welcome. Hi, James. It's, it's great to be thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. And as we can tell by the sound in the background, you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, unfortunately, no matter what I do. They're, they're coming for me, you know. Yeah. So you, you better make it quick. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you live by the Ghostbusters fire station? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, right. So here's a question for you. As you've been a man of lighting and theatre, You've been tasked with lighting and producing your favorite ever act. Who is it and what does your show look like? Oh, wow. Okay. Does it have to be something that's existing? Like, uh, I could be dead. Musical? Yeah. If you want to reanimate them, that'd be a hell of a show, wouldn't it? Wow. You kind of stopped me there with that one. <laughs> I knew that was going to be a left field question. I didn't know it was going to be that one. Yeah, maybe I need to start pitching more towards the center. I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> right. Interesting. Let's see. What would it be? Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we going music or are we going theatrical? Well, that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to decide if I want to, if I want to go to my musical theater roots. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I botched the community theater production of uh, My Fair Lady once, so I would, I would love another stab at it. Oh, how did you botch that then? That might be fun. I, I made it all about the lighting and then it, it just never got done because I basically had unlimited access to equipment. <laughs> I bit off maybe just a bit more than I could chew at my whatever, 19 or 20, however old I was. Ah, thinking I could be the cool kid to use all the toys. Yeah, Did, would you have anyone uh, treading the boards in your show? Who who would you cast? Hmm. Well, what are you doing today? Just housework. <laughs> no, but for when we when we cast the show. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> what am I? Oh, what am I doing? I'm I'm just like a, a theatre empresario. I just throw money at it and do cocaine and uh, child smuggling. And then I'll be there for the live night show. Right, because I thought we could maybe make you the star. Oh, <laughs> dear. Okay, well, if you don't want to sell any tickets, yeah, let's go with it, yeah. If you want to, want to perform to an empty house, yes, yeah. that, that'd be good, yeah. So there's me in it. Well, right now, all the houses are performing uh, empty anyway, so it wouldn't be, you know. Oh, yeah, we'll have to do it on course. Zoom. Yeah, it'll be a Zoom show, wouldn't it? That's right. Very minimal lighting. Yeah, okay. Be more bothersome about internet connections and things like that. Indeed. Okay, so it's going to be My Fur Lady with me in it. I think so, yeah. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> Could be a career-ending event. Yes, really, okay. You um, really call that Liza what's what. Yeah. Okay, well, you're a man of many fascinating things in regards to what you do. Your podcast is... Um, a big attractive thing to me, a bit like a light for a moth. And I'm just a big flappy old moth that's just hanging out, seeing this lovely bright light. Uh, the Awkward Mind podcast. Hmm. How did you get to be, um, how, how does one say this? 
are you naturally of an awkward mind bent or is this something a subject you're just interested in yeah that's a that's a good question uh, i think a little bit of both mm -hmm. uh, i'm naturally introverted and i was looking to have sort of meaningful conversations yeah. with interesting people. And I thought that maybe, just maybe, what was I thinking? I could do it on social media. <laughs> and I realized that was just not gonna happen. Yeah. And so when we were taking this uh, Broadcast Yourself course together to put the podcasts together, you know, we had that exercise to write out 10 episodes. Yeah. And one of my episodes was Single Awkward Male, which <laughs> perfectly describes me. And then when I showed it to a friend of mine, he said, well, that's you. You should just call the podcast that. So oh, that was it nice. became the single awkward male podcast. Yeah. But then I wanted it to just have a slightly broader feel and really talk to that introverted male about adopting a success mindset and the fact that you can be slightly awkward and still put yourself out there and really develop the mind to succeed. Wow. It does sound great. And you also do a, a daily minute podcast where you're well, not a podcast a little video vlog as it was um where you're just walking about um have you got a, a list of where you're going to walk about or is it just going to keep on going and going until you think right i've run out of new york i'm going to have to move right well well i may have to move anyway but <laughs> uh no i just i walk i walk in the neighborhood just a walk that i i like to do every morning yeah and so it's just part of that walk i just share a little awkward minute with the world and hopefully help someone yeah. Now, your awkward minutes, though, they look very aesthetic. Uh, now, the media is telling me that New York is a barren wasteland of fighting and disaster and burnt out cars. But wherever you're walking doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, are you faking it really well with your lighting techniques or is New York actually quite an orderly place? Oh, yeah, I'm actually being held hostage in a studio <laughs> in Hollywood. Yeah. And it, it's all CGI. Of course it is. Yes. Easily yeah. done, yeah. Well, I mean, look, not to go down that rabbit hole, unless you really want to, but no. you know, the media sells sensationalism. So they, they're gonna show you the worst of the worst and make you believe that that's in the entire story mm. because that's what's gonna keep you watching. So I understand they have a job to do also, but then when I actually go outside, I don't see that. Sure, did we have some, some rough times where there's some people that really got out of hand and started smashing windows? And did I walk by the next day and see those smashed windows? Yeah, sure. Am I going to do a vlog in front of those, those smashed windows? Probably not. <laughs> but there's plenty of uh, families and joggers and kids out and about every day in, you know, in, enjoying the weather and exercising and what I assume would be trying to build a better life for themselves. So that's why I stopped watching the news a long time ago. Does mm. being there in that situation make you feel awkward or is it just normality? I did, you mean recording the vlogs? Yeah. Like in public? I, it maybe did the first couple of times. I tried to, well, I tried, the way I avoided it is I tried to find streets with no people on them. <laughs> but after a while, I just sort of, you sort of get used to it. Yeah. Now, is that a trick for overcoming awkwardness? You're saying that just by repetition and just doing it, it actually, it, it becomes no more. No, yeah, James, I think that's, that's exactly right. I, I think you hit it, you hit it there. It's, if you just decide you want to you want to change something, then you just start doing the opposite, and little by little, it becomes less and less awkward, right? Yeah. Like he actually dubbed. I never heard of this term, but I guess it's something called an ambivert, which is a mixture of an ambivert. I, yeah. I guess it's a cross uh, between an introvert and an extrovert. 
Yes, I have heard of it. Yes. So I guess I'm becoming more of an ambivert. Mm. Where I am more comfortable being out and about and yeah. connecting with people. It's, when you say it, ambivert, do you reckon there is actually extrovert, introvert, or it is just a case that we all are, we're just a thing and we just have a preference for a particular time of our life? Hmm. That's a good question. No, I, I, I think we fall in, in, on different sort of places on the spectrum, if you will. But yeah, no, I, I do think that there are people who are, because the way I define it is quite simple. If you are, when you're around people, if that energizes you, if that gives you energy, then you're an extrovert. Hmm. And if spending time with people actually sucks the energy where you have to rest afterwards, then you're an introvert. Ah, is that, is that the basically the universal sort of marker of, as to whether you, which I, one I you are? Maybe, yeah, I think so. Maybe different people define it differently, but that's, that's the definition that I've heard that I can relate to really well. Wow. So that's sort of what I stuck with. So for me, that's how I knew I was an introvert is for me, it's, I, I enjoy those human connections, but they're usually not in big crowds and I do need to rest afterwards. Like I want to break from people once in a while. Yeah. That's, that's how weird. I define it. That's weird. Cause I, I've always thought of myself as being extrovert, but actually I love nothing better than going home and just being on my own. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Maybe something new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, is it, um, being awkward, shall we say, is it, is it something one should fix or is it something one should embrace? Mm. So one of my mentors, Mike Thomas taught me early on, don't be weird mm. unless you are weird naturally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if awkwardness is part of your natural personality, then embrace it. But if you right. just be awkward because you're uncomfortable in a certain situation, then find a way to overcome that over time by putting yourself maybe in those types of situations. Okay. Yeah. So like the, the, the stereotypical geek can come across as being socially awkward, but that's, that's what that guy is meaning. He should remain like that because that's the way they are. Whereas if he just became awkward around people who hold cups of coffee, then that's something you would need to get over. Sure. Yeah. You can, you can put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I guess it comes down to the other way to put it is just, which is challenging, right? So I'm not going to say that this is easy to do, mm. but figure out who you are God, that, and that, be more of that. Yeah. That, that's a perennial question that has many people disappearing either into another rabbit hole or up their own bottom. Uh, I've, I've been in both uh, cavities as it were in regards to finding out who I was, but as every week goes on, I find out more of me that's uh, of interesting or something to build on anyway. Um, you talk about, or you mentioned there uh, just uh, slightly or succinctly about make, having a routine. Um, I think you've stated before that you make your bed every day and you, you do your walks every day. Mm. What is the real reason for that? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the real reason is to set my day up for success. Got you. Because it's something, I, I mean, many people have said this, and there's even been challenges, that it's, it's the little things of just putting your environment in order. Mm. So if something as simple as making your bed every day, it gives you one right off the bat as soon as you get up, it gives you one accomplishment that you've done for the day. Yeah. And you can build on that accomplishment. Right. Mine's coffee. That's my first accomplishment of the day. Coffee. And then 
shower <laughs> that they are my routines i do actually sort of make the bed but i don't tuck in the bed sheet do you go into the full bed sheet and make sure it's all no i don't do the whole hotel ah, okay. from and proper yeah well my bed is quite simple so it's easy to make yeah okay uh, did you get that idea from anyone particular i it's hard for me to pinpoint i i, I think jordan peterson is who sort of cemented it because he's yeah been we're hammering it for years, but I've heard it from many, many people have said it. Yeah. I think that out of his book, that, is it 12 rules for, is it 12 rules for successful? What's it called? That book of his? I think it might just be called 12 rules for life. Ah, yeah. That was the chapter I understood the most. Because yeah. a lot of the stuff, when a man uses the word existential twice in the same sentence, I find myself slightly drifting off. <laughs> but in the, in the more, more uh, easier to digest statements, uh, subjects such as tidying your room and things like that, they sank in because it made a lot of sense to me. So, uh, yeah, and it communicated to me. So, okay. Have you seen that YouTube thing of the, uh, the military guy on his white suit giving his, uh, I forgot what you call him in America, the high school graduation speeches? Yeah, commencement speech. That's sure. the fella, yes. And he gives one about making your own bed, doesn't he? Have you seen I think that so. I don't, I don't know the particular video you're talking about, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that sounds right. That's a good yeah. place to start, right? Because it's all about morning routines. Yeah. If you, if you look at all successful people, they all talk about it, how they start their day and how they end their day. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff happens in between that they can't always control. Yeah. But if they control the beginning and the end, then they're basically in control of their life. Yeah. The end of my day is a car crash. I got a bit, looking at it right now, analytically, the end of my day is just a mess. That's where I need to put a bit of routine. Okay. To be continued. All right. Um, so you've come from the Soviet Union. Now, of all the places on earth, that's the place I reckon I would find discipline, other than maybe um, parts of China or Japan. But Russia, I, I associate with discipline and routine and good, hard, grit is that uh, a true thing for you or has the routine come from somewhere else oh that's a great question maybe on some subconscious level i haven't actually thought about it so maybe we can just analyze it right now okay <laughs> um but no because and maybe that foundation started there but because i came to the united states when i was quite young a lot of that actually got shattered Mm. In the American school systems, a lot of things came very easy to me. So I was bored and I just became lazy. So actually a lot of the routine came later in life. That, that's something I had to, to build on my own. I had to unlearn some of the bad skills, basically, because mm. I would just naturally do the things that came easy yeah. and keep doing those and not necessarily challenge myself enough. All right. Are 11-year-old kids in Russia better than 11-year-old kids in America? Who do you reckon is the smartest? Oh, I don't know if I can make that judgment. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's fine. But, and also it's, you know, in the last 20 years, it's sort of drifted, they've adapted the Western education system. So it's hard for me to say, uh, but outside of the communist propaganda, I do think that the foundational education system was stronger. And I think that a lot of that got lost, unfortunately, in the collapse of the union. Right. Oh, okay. I, I've got to meet more people of a of a Russian background because the whole thing fascinates me. I don't know why. I, I, there's a whole. It's like I I saw a film the other night and 
the Russia was painted in the usual Hollywood stereotypical thing. Oh, lots of snow. It's raining. It's cold. No one smiles. Is that true or is that just more propaganda? Uh, no, it's pretty much true. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's Russia is so vast and, you know, I come from a very small part of it that technically isn't even part of Russia anymore, although depending on who you ask, okay. it, it might be, or it might be soon because it's sort right. of gotten a lot of attention. That, that being uh, Belarus. Ah. So of uh, traction in the news lately but that's a whole that's an even bigger rabbit hole mm, got we... traction for using the word tractors i believe as well didn't it yes exactly <laughs> yes. yes also for exporting shrimp to to russia even though belarus is a landlocked state <laughs> <laughs> somebody's yeah, got a big pond so many rabbit holes to go down <laughs> i think what you asked me about were the people though and i I, I think that's just a, a stereotype. I think people are at their base the same everywhere. We have mm. the same basic needs. We just want, you know, a roof of our head and something to eat and maybe a little love. Yeah. And you know, there are cultural differences, but I, I think there a lot of the divisions have sort of been artificially put in along yeah. national borders or cultural borders that I don't think are serving us. Yeah. Well, and stuff like that in Hollywood just serves to perpetuate those stereotypes because it's fun to paint, right? That sort of cold, tough, vodka drinking Russian. <laughs> you know, and, of course some, and of course, all stereotypes have a bit of truth to them. So, you know, they didn't come from, you know, yeah. out of the sky. <laughs> no. I, I, it's very superficial, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you can, you can look at it that way if you want, but it doesn't yeah. serve any good. Is Belarus a place to go visit on holiday? Because as uh, they were a polarity compared to most of the countries in the world this year, I was like, I want to go there. I want to go to Belarus, Sweden, Texas, Florida. Um, there was a few other places of note I, I meant, I sort of noted down. Do you think it's a worthwhile place to visit? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I'd love to. I haven't been back, actually. Mm. It's a move to the States. But, you know, when you're putting Texas and Belarus on the same list... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah south dakota as well from what i understand i mean i i can visit with no challenges in theory although there's some political considerations possibly but for tourists they've made it super easy right because i think you come in for 30 days with no visa now wow so yeah by all means it's a very beautiful country so excellent so there we go this is this podcast has been brought to you by the belarusian tourist board yeah, exactly. uh, please visit their yeah. website <laughs> yeah fantastic so you're the guest you've had on your podcast I've, I've listened to a few um very fascinating um and inspiring people where do you are these all i'm gonna say genuine friends as in as in not that you're lying but people you've known through your life that are actually living their life like this well what are you can you expand on that last part uh, I've already forgotten. <laughs> um, well, it seems like in the people you're speaking to, it's as if you've known them for years. Uh, Is, are they people you've known for, for quite a while or are you just, you just naturally gel with people of a certain mindset? Well, that's a great question. I appreciate you noticing that. So there's some people that I've known, right? Like Mike Thomas, who's my mentor. Mm. So I've known him for several years, but no, there's some people that I've been blessed to connect with just because of, the world changing and we're having to connect digitally mm. and encouraging and, and or rather I should say being encouraged to come out of my shell 
and make those connections. And in a way, making it digitally is easier, right? You don't have that same kind of pressure of, oh, this person is looking at me because you can always just close the computer and run away. <laughs> it doesn't work out. So, so no, That's I guess right. the, the short answer to that is no. Some, some of those people have literally just messaged on Instagram or Facebook because of something interesting they posted. And maybe we've exchanged comments or something like that or likes even. And then I just sent them a message saying, hey, I think you're interesting because of A, B, and C that you talk about. I'd love to you know, have you come on and discuss it on the podcast. Oh. And shockingly, some of them said yes. <laughs> um, I still don't know why. I'm amazed. I look back and it's been just about 20 now. Yeah. And it still blows my mind. Fantastic. Uh, you do a workshop on social media detoxing. Yeah. So that's something new that, I, that I'm putting together, depending on when this actually airs. But it, it should be available because I'm, I'm about to launch it shortly. Okay. Because I realized, you know, I started talking about developing the mindset which is really, we, we all sit on the most expensive real estate in the world. We just don't take advantage of it, right? And it's the nine inches between our ears. And, but the way to develop it, what I realized is before you start putting good stuff in, you have to take some bad stuff out. Mm. And in today's sort of digital negative polarizing world, world it all comes from social media or 90% of it. Because most people don't consume their news on TV. I know there's some people that's, that still do. Yeah. But it comes from social media. And I realized that most people have social media run their lives instead of using social media in positive ways, like making these connections, right? Like the connection that we made. Yeah. Or what I started to say, which now I forget, but I think it was offline before we actually hit record. What, what I said to you is, you know, I was trying to have these meaningful conversations on Facebook and it wasn't working. And I realized it's because my small circle of connections at the time, they were just focused on the negative. And so yeah. that's what I kept getting back. And once I expanded and once I said, well, I want to focus on something different. I want to focus on the positive. I want to have more meaningful conversations, which is why I started the podcast in the first place. But then ironically, as I started building more connections, I actually realized the information I was getting on Facebook also changed. Because all of a sudden, I found I'm meeting more people who want to have those same meaningful conversations. All and right. so I actually transformed my social media experience by just changing the energy I put out in there. And so, yeah, so I've put together this workshop to basically walk people through on how they can do it for themselves. That's why. Wow. Um, I presume or assume you're not marketing this detox on social media because that would be ironic, wouldn't it? Well, so no, but that's the... That's, that's the irony, but yes, of course I am. Okay. <laughs> because that's what the people are that need it the most. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this, this, I've been set this challenge sort of like with my podcast of getting it out there. But the mm -hmm. annoying thing for me is I don't want to use Facebook. I don't want to use YouTube. I hate those companies. Yes, I do guys. And for that reason, I, I'm loath to spend a single penny on them or push it or push it and just, I want to find some other way of engaging people. What, is there any way you found of engagement or does it have to be through social media? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is yes. I, I hear you and I understand it, but we also have to rec recognize, you know, we can assign intent and we can go down the conspiracy theories. And yes, I'm, I'm a free speech absolutist. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. So for me, any censorship, maybe it's from my Soviet Union background or whatever, that throws up a red flag, but that's, people have to realize if you look back historically, the more you censor something, the more eyes you're gonna put on it. Yeah. 
Like Let's it, get censored. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, we wouldn't be speaking right now if it wasn't for YouTube censoring Brian Rose. Yes. True. Indeed. Because I wouldn't have discovered him. Yeah. But because it made such a splash, I was like, wait, what is, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because I was like, yeah, I'm with him. Screw YouTube. <laughs> and it, it just becomes out of principle. Because also, I, for me, and sorry, this is a bit of an aside, but I'll just, I'll just cover it quickly. And then we'll, we'll go back to the main, like, how do you promote on social media or not? Go with whatever. Don't worry about anything. Uh, and now I lost my... <laughs> <laughs> right. So but, we're, screw, we're screwing YouTube because uh, you're on a social media detox. I don't want to do it, but you believe we're sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it's also, you know, making, it's important though, because that's what the people are. Yeah. And that's what I was saying a little bit earlier is you can build those genuine connections even on there. So, and that's what the key, and that's what the detox is about. It's to make sure that you're not being used by them, but that you use the tool to benefit yourself. Okay. So is it detoxing? The people you're trying to reach for the most part, that's where they are. So is it detoxing social media itself or is it detoxing the people you're connected to? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Oh yeah. But ah. it's also basically what's, what's the tagline? Uh, it's to stop the mindless scrolling and to <laughs> engage purposely. Yeah. That's- yeah. No, you too, too, it's what you mentioned just before there about people, some people watch the news like old folk. They'll watch the news say here in the UK, six o'clock or nine o'clock. They watch the news. Half an hour of bad shit, whatever. And then they disconnect. Whereas our generation, oh, we don't watch the news. No, but you're scrolling through it for like 12 mm-hmm. hours a day. Um, I think it's a lot worse now, isn't it, the addiction for news? I, I mean, I guess so, because we're addicted to the sensational, and now it's a 24-hour news cycle. So if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. So that's why yeah. I can't really blame them, because they're just giving, they're giving us back what we want. Yeah, Okay. Mm. So uh, this detoxing, I'm well. I'll be publishing this podcast in the next twenty four hours, but I will attach links. But as soon as it's available and possible, because I think a lot of people need a damn good detoxing of it. I mean, yeah. Even now, if you just go to awkwardmind.com and sign up, there's a there's a free resource already there. The three the three part video series on how to declutter your mind. Wow. And then as soon as the workshop is available, I'll be sending out the email. Fantastic. Is this an exclusive? It's true. It's the first <laughs> time I'm talking about it publicly, so absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, all the James Finney fans, if you go to awkwardmind.com right now, you'll yeah. get the resource for free. Watch it doesn't crash. <laughs> um, all right. So right, we've talked about your routine. Mm-hmm. I believe it's one of, one of your core values I, I saw in a, in a statement you made about yourself responsibility, honesty, family, and health. What made you um, whittle down to those as four core values? Well, you know, they say pick like four pillars to be a four Uh, pillar to sort of build the foundation of your life. So, and for me, it started with actually personal responsibility was the core. And then the other three kind of build around that. Because at the end of the day, as, as, I, as I've said before to someone, no one is coming to save you. No. So you can, you know, you can adopt. Uh, no, hang on. No, no. Greta's coming to save me. Greta's coming to save me in a little boat. I'm fine. 
<laughs> I'm just sitting here. I've got no food. Or I'm just waiting for it to turn up. Yeah, it's like it's like that story about the guy who was waiting for God to save him in the flood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a that's a it's a long story. So no, don't don't tell that one. But yeah, I, I know the one you mean because exactly. I could print that story for hours. Down so many <laughs> rabbit holes. Yeah, but yeah. For, for the value, so it all centers on personal responsibility because I I firmly believe that that a victimhood mentality just doesn't service like we've just become so i mean i hate to say it but we, we've become so entitled yeah, and yeah. i really believe that and you might and i'm sure people listening might be like well you're a jerk for judging me you don't know my circumstances it's a b c and d and you don't understand but what i will say is the reality is if you're listening to us right now you're more privileged than anyone that has ever lived before us because you have access to this amazing technology you likely have a roof over your head you probably have something to eat so you know just i would say like take a breath take a step back and really evaluate your life and realize that the only person stopping you from succeeding is the guy in the mirror. And I only say that because it's something I had to realize for myself. Yeah. When you say you had to realize that for yourself, was it a moment that you were, were you backed into a corner to do that? Or was it a mentor that sort of gave you a metaphorical slap around the face? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Fortunately or unfortunately, and I've talked to some of my guests on the podcast about this because I'm trying to sort of nail it down because it seems like the really successful people have gone through a really shitty time, mm. to put it simply. Yeah. And I just, yeah, sure, I've had some challenges in my life, but I haven't really hit that crazy adversity. So I think for me, my biggest challenge was being comfortable and realizing even though I wanted more, I wasn't willing to do the hard work. So for me, the challenge was overcoming my own comfort. Yeah. And just getting outside of that and doing the things that were going to be really uncomfortable at first to move forward in life. Because I feel like for the last few years, I've sort of been spinning in place. Hmm. I think a lot of people do that. You're right. Um, so what is responsibility to you? What's your concept of responsibility? Because I think there's a, a modern association with the word responsibility, meaning uh, punishable, which is not the true definition of the word, but it seems to be a modern usage of the word is, oh, I'm going to be punished if I'm responsible. What's your take on responsible? Oh, no, I, I think that's, that's an interesting point that you bring up, because I think that's why people don't take responsibility is because of that connotation, that if they take responsibility, then someone's going to hold them accountable. Yeah. But that's the whole point, right? It's what Jocko Wilnick calls extreme ownership mm. is, yeah, you take responsibility and then yes, if something goes wrong, then you are responsible. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to be punished. It means you're going to learn from it. Yeah. But, for, but it also comes down to your own life. So do you want to be, that's, that's the question that I would, that I would ask myself. And I do ask myself is, do I want to be in control of my life or do I want someone else to run it? Cause yeah, sure. I can give up responsibility but then I also give up a lot of the control. Yeah, yeah. So what would, uh, do you have any routines or things you could suggest? Like, like myself, I'm aware of responsibility, but my discipline is through the floor. It's absolutely shit. That's just straight out of the car. I, I have diabolical discipline. Um, how do you manage that You're just as a one person entity? How do you discipline oneself? I mean, the same way you would eat an elephant. <laughs> just one bite at a time. Okay. <laughs> um, I got you. Okay. Hard on yourself. Find, find the one habit that's, that you want to change 
and set up a routine to work on changing that one habit. So that's okay. why, right, as simple as starting with making your bed or getting up 15 minutes early and going for a walk. And it's, and it's different for everyone. So you just have to figure out for yourself, what is it, right? Because you, you say you, you lack discipline, maybe, or there's some things that you want to change your life. So you have to figure out why you want to change it and, mm -hmm. and what specifically. And then right. start small because a lot of people they get excited and like right it's like the gym membership it's like yeah i'm gonna new year's resolution i'm gonna be buff i bought a gym membership and i've done this myself okay. so, so i know uh right and then you show up once and then that's it i didn't show up <laughs> well, you don't know, actually that done now. <laughs> yeah yeah three months and it's yeah. yeah um so would you suggest because the only way i can find a solution for me personally is accountability as in someone else needs i had a running mate i used to go running and since they can't go running i haven't been running um do you find that as a, a useful or, or the most senior of tools for, a, for responsibility or discipline if you want quick results then yes absolutely okay because every, everyone's going to be wired slightly differently I'm, I'm really hard on myself. So once I make up my mind, I'm, I'm able to at least for a while go and sort of keep myself accountable. Mm -hmm. But yes, having that external accountability helps. Also, I've created that accountability for myself without even having uh, a mastermind group or anything like that, although I'm working on that, but that's a separate conversation. The way I've created the accountability is through the vlogs actually, is by putting stuff out publicly. Got you, right? yeah. If I say on the vlog that I'm gonna do something, mm. I have to do it. Okay. Right. Okay. Maybe I, I don't need Because otherwise there's going to be egg on my face and I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for you because you do it. You manage your discipline personally. You say you're hard on yourself, but I, you push yourself. I can be hard on myself, but I just verbally abuse myself. That's me being hard on myself. And then I proceed to physically do nothing. So there's quite a, a difference in us in that regard. So that's why I respect what you do. So solution for myself would be maybe to make some uh, commitments on the social media platform and find someone to kick my ass. Yeah, okay. pretty much. All right. I, I highly recommend that. <laughs> yeah, don't be hard on yourself. Just, just decide if you want the change, then, then make the change and make it gradual. Make, make a routine that you can actually stick to for a long time. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's why I say like something as simple as walking 15 minutes a day. If you want to get in shape, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Rather than trying to say, I'm going to go work out two hours a day, five days a week, because that's just not sustainable. Not for me, but it, it, it is something I'd like. Yeah, even the yeah. people that think they're going to do it. And even if they go and do it for two months, eventually life is just going to get in the way. Most people don't have 10 hours a week to work out. So that's <laughs> setting that crazy goal and then just going hard right off the bat, not really building a sustainable routine is just, unfortunately, is going to lead to failure. Darren Hardy talks about all about it and the, the compound effect, which actually I highly recommend. Darren can't Hardy. Good books about, uh, can't say enough good things about that book. Okay. Yeah, The um, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Okay. Noted. Cool. Um, what's your take on, uh, because I don't want to revert to the stereotype, but the Russian sort of family unit is quite a tight knit thing compared to an American philosophy of family unit. Uh, you say family values are strong to you. Which point of view do you sort of take? Are you taking the American loose family thing or are you quite hardcore Russian family orientated? That sounded like I was promoting pornography there. I don't mean hard, I mean as in very fixated sort of 
the predominant important factor in life? Right. No, I, I, I knew what you meant. I just think that's <laughs> why I, I, I was looking forward to, to being on the show today just because I knew we'd have a good time. So. <laughs> yeah, but we'll stay but, away from that kind of good time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know. There might be good money in it, but that's a. Yeah, yeah, it probably will be. Yeah. I don't know how hardcore you could make it through a Zoom call, though. But anyway, no. yeah. I digress. To get back to the serious question that you asked me, I don't know if I would categorize it as American versus Russian necessarily, because there are actually a lot of people in the United States that do believe in that core uh, family family values. They're just not in the mainstream media at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So. They might be getting a skewed perception of what, what the people's values actually are. Yeah. But yes, for, for myself, to answer your, your question, abs absolutely. Yeah, I believe in uh, a, a family, a, a traditional family unit, because I think it's important mm -hmm. to, for, the, for the fabric of society. I mean, if you will, not to sort of go like high and mighty and existential. Yeah. But I, 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 I just, for me, I do believe that's important. And we also, we see a lot of the negative effects of when that unit is broken up. Yeah. I, I perpetually see it every day and it frustrates me just the way that companies, the way they create their work environments and that families can't work out shift patterns or they can't coordinate between members of the family because everyone has to work now. And it starts pulling the family apart. And I'm seeing more, uh, weirdly enough, at a corporate level, even though corporations say, oh, yes, family this, family that, it seems to be that they're sort of jarring and pulling away the family unit. Um, how would you, how do you feel about, or from what you see of the family unit, do you see that going on in the world nowadays? Is it, is it harder to have a family now than it was 10 years ago? I don't know if I would say it's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for me to, to judge that because I don't have a family of my own just yet. What mm -hmm. I think just like with anything, if we go back to personal responsibility, where there's a will, there's a way. So I think you can absolutely have a family still. And I have a feeling that we're going to find because of this sort of challenging times that we're going through, it's actually going to create more family units. Because now with, you know, schools up in flux and whatever's going on with that, I think a lot of families are choosing to strengthen those bonds. Mm. And be, be almost, it feels like they're almost building a, a shield around around the family yeah, to yeah. protect them from the nonsense. So it, it gives me hope, but I obviously everyone's situation is different. So I I don't know if I'm qualified as someone who doesn't have a family just yet to really speak in depth to that. But I just know what I want for myself. Yeah, it would be that traditional family, and I would work my ass off to make sure that it stays cohesive. <laughs> cool. Um. What caused um, your change in, um, have you always been like this, your point of view in life? Or, or has it been a gradual shift or development? You mean in terms of how I feel about family? Yeah, family and responsibility. Yeah, my, those, those core things, have they always, <laughs> is it something you've been with you or did you just sort of, did something occur in recent times where you've sort of, like I, I see you, you were an, an eng, a, a lighting guy and technician 15 years and then, a shift. What yes, maybe that would be a that might be a better place to sort of try to mm. try to a, approach it from, because I don't know if there was like an aha moment 
in terms of my values. I think that that evolved gradually. Yeah. But as far as the 15 years of uh, sort of lighting and work in uh, performing arts and the event space, that all started back in high school when I was 14 and we had to do an extracurricular activity. And a guy in chemistry class tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, there's this stage works thing meeting after school today. Do you want to check it out? And I hadn't joined any organization at that point yet. So I said, sure, okay. And, you know, we went to this grungy office in the basement and some guy talked to us about like theater technology. I forget exactly. The only thing I remember from it is just the feeling and then rushing to like, we had an office phone, rushing to the phone to call my mom and say, I'll be late. <laughs> because I found my thing. And so 20 years later, you know, I still found my thing where basically for 20 years I've made, I've made a living out of my hobby. Wow. And that's so I guess to, to then, to the shift, I, I realized that that's all it was. I was never wanting to really progress and really focus so that I can grow further. So I've sort of been spinning in spate in one place for a few years, even though I was doing okay. As I, as I say on the, on the awkward mind, I've been, I was slowly gaining weight and quickly losing time. <laughs> and so even before even before the COVID thing, I, I realized that I needed to start to pivot. I just, and I didn't know exactly what that pivot was going to be. Yeah. And yeah, I think seeing some of the outrage certainly helped me really think through and solidify my own values. So I guess I, I can't answer that question actually. And the answer is, yeah, in, in a way they were always with me. I just wasn't think consciously necessarily thinking about them. It's like, oh, those are my values and that's what I want to live my life through. Yeah. You know, that's what you should do. Do you think um, people always have their core values with them from birth and it's just a case that they've got to want sort of dig them out or find them? Or is it something yeah. they just go, ooh, I'll do that? Or something that speaks to who they are. And, and you can certainly evolve. Maybe to a degree you can evolve it over time, although I guess I haven't thought about it hard enough. So I don't know if it's wired or if it's part of, you know, the environment you're brought up in. You can certainly... I suppose, change them. But the important thing is, I think, to get in touch with those values and be honest about it mm. and then live your life through that and not try to force your values on someone else or try to adapt someone else's values because I think that's where clashes yeah. and tensions will happen. 100%. Um, what advice would you give? Because like, my audience is sort of like, I, would, I, I want to assist them to change direction or, or pursue their values. But one of the things I had in life, the thing I struggled with was finding out who I was or what were my values. Uh, you any advice from the people you've spoken to or your own experiences in life? How does someone discover who they really are? Well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Yes, but I'll give you 1.1 if you can answer it. <laughs> <laughs> the best answer I can probably give you is you have to find time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, and right in a way it goes back to sort of that 24 hour news cycle because I've had too many, it wasn't that many, but it was too many considering that it was more than zero friends reach out to me when all the clashes in Belarus happened over the presidential election that just occurred. And I was like, you are an American. We have a lot of challenges right now in case you haven't noticed. Why are you 
talking to me about Belarus. And I realized it's because it was all over the news, which I haven't watched. Okay. <laughs> right. And the question I would ask myself, or you should ask yourself is like, why is that on the news? And A, B, why do I care? Right. Yeah. So if you learn that, and that's, and so the answer starts, and this isn't about intent or, you know, any kind of sinister plot, because I'm not going to go down those conspiracy theory rabbit holes. But the reality is, if that's the information you're putting in, then you don't have time to sit down with yourself and really think through and see what is important to you. Because mm -hmm. when someone reaches out to me and says, oh, is everything okay in Belarus? Well, that tells me you don't, you're not in touch with your core values at all. <laughs> so I don't know if that really wow, answered, wow. answers your question, but that's the best thing I can do. Like for me, just going on those long walks every morning helps. Yeah. Listening to inspirational books or podcasts help, but also just finding that quiet time to really ask yourself the hard questions. Yeah. Or even the one question, which I think is also the title of the book, but I'm not going to remember the author right now, but it's... Uh, who are you really and what do you want is the question. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think um, kids should have that philosophy from a young age. It, they should be, well, not too young, but it should be a focal point as opposed to being forced to learn or, or pick subjects. It should be a case of finding out who they really are. And unfortunately, it seems to be at the moment that they only do it by chance. You know, they happen to be in an art class and, oh, I can do this, or they happen to be doing something in maths. It's there doesn't seem to be a, a simple structure of tools or, or workings for children or young adults to actually find out who they are before they commit to 20 odd years of something and then find out, no, that's not me. But, well, the cool thing is for the kids now, it's actually easier than ever. It just might be challenging for like my generation or your generation yeah. a little bit because we didn't, right. We sort of grew up in the gap. So we didn't grow up with all this technology for them. It's actually easier than ever yeah. to do it. True. Okay. So uh, pay attention to the kids then. <laughs> follow, follow them. Right. Well, yeah. If someone gives them permission, basically, which no one, you don't need anyone's permission. You just do it. I mean, all the, all the answers are in your pocket. There's so much you can do now with your smartphone because it doesn't cost a lot of money to, to start a company. You just no. put a video on YouTube and that's it. Yeah. It's talking about the things that actually matter to you. Yeah. So going forward, what are the things over the next year or two that are going to matter to you then? Hmm. Well, hopefully impacting a lot of people, which it sounds very general, but my goal is to put out a hundred episodes as quickly as possible. Hopefully within the next six months is the goal. Yeah. I think I'm going to learn a lot from, from those conversations and it, they'll also inspire a lot of people and then build out uh, the awkward mind project you know, so beyond, beyond just the social media detox yeah. workshop into a platform where like-minded individuals can actually connect and get inspired to develop a success mindset so that they can in turn improve their health, increase their wealth and build strong, meaningful relationships that last. Because at the end of the day, it's those relationships that we build one at a time is what's going to change the world. Yeah, definitely. And you use the word success, but you're not the sort of guy I see that's like blinging it up with big watches and Lambos. What's your interpretation of success? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I have a story about it. Once I sort of started developing the awkward mind beyond just the podcast, 
the, the first question every single family member that I've talked to has asked me is, well, do you make any money from it? <laughs> How do you make any money from it? Yeah. And I'm just not, and I realized I was never money focused. I, I like money. It's fine. I like nice things, but it was just never a priority for me. As long as I can be comfortable, that's enough. But then once I started realizing it's actually something, my most recent guest, which is the episode that's, that's out now with, with Carmen Wild, she, you know, she was actually uh, also in a, on a podcasting course, but she's phenomenal. She's a breakthrough coach what's and she, 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 what's that? Was she under her name, Carmen? Carmen, Carmen Wild, yeah, of Wild Success. Was awesome. okay. of my friend, but there were so many people on the course. That's the beautiful part. Of it, I'm excited to go back and sort of dig through and discover even more people that I didn't even realize were. I would take. Yeah, I did okay, yeah. an interview with Roy the just just the other day, and I was like, oh right, yeah, I remember a couple of posts from him. He seems really cool now that I've listened to this episode. <laughs> yeah, but so. But yeah, my point is, so Carmen says that her real breakthrough came when she stopped being money focused and became people focused. So it wasn't for her, it wasn't about making millions. It was impacting millions. Yeah. That's the Zig Ziglar thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess in some way I was always wired that way. I just didn't realize that I had to have, that that had to be my mission, but that I had to find a way to make millions so that I can impact millions. Yeah, yeah. So in the chicken and the egg cycle, is it a case of you help others become a success, then in turn you become a success? Or do you have to take the assumption that you are a success before? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a weird cycle to get into, isn't it? It's the starting point. Right. So what I would say is don't focus on the outcome because you can't control the outcome, but you can't concern, but you can control the way that you show up. Okay. So yes, you, you are a success <laughs> Yeah. You show up and you should have high expectations of yourself, but don't worry about the outcome. The outcome is going to take care of itself as long as you show up authentically and want to add value to other people. Yeah, no, I agree. It's I've taken seven days off from interviewing. I just took a week off because I was doing other things and it's weird. The mindset for the first time in about two or three months, I had one or two doubts on one or two days just of, um, is it, is it gonna, is there any point to this? Is it going the right way? But then I have to reflect on the months prior and when I've been speaking and meeting with people, how I felt. And that has been positive. So I can't just throw it away and go, wow, wow, on a bad day. Because actually all I've done is just drop the cycle of routine and I haven't shown up for a week. And it already started to have a slightly negative effect. So it's, it's an interesting thing that I've noticed my, in myself. I was like, well, let's knock that idea on the head because clearly over the last few months, I've actually proven it to be true that by doing this, it is helping. Even if it made no money directly, it's having an effect positively somewhere else. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's all about just showing up consistently. Yeah. And doing your best work. Because it totally. will become a routine, right? That's the challenge. So you have to find a way to make it interesting. Mm. Although for you, that's actually not not hard. That comes <laughs> to you. So yeah. that shouldn't be actually a problem at all. But yes, it can become a routine, right? After yeah, a while, yeah. it used to get a little bit boring. So you have to find nuances. But then I just remember the high that I get from talking to other people and having these amazing conversations. Yeah. And then I show up. And because the person is different, it's going to be, by definition, it's going to be different every time. 
Yeah. I, I, I was having a conversation with someone on, I think, Friday night on social media. And we were talking about how having to focus on work. So I, I let my business slip while I was doing podcasting and my business. So I went, so I was a bit frustrated and put my effort into it this week. And yes, it's going back up again. Great. And I, for whatever reason, we came up with a discussion about that, putting your effort into it, you have to put your attention on it. Cause it means as soon as you take your attention off it, it just collapses. And it's like, well, how can I keep that growing whilst doing another thing? And my realization was that I need to employ someone. I need to take someone else on to get, keep them with their focus on the ball and get, and then I can focus on other things because I can't move on without really hiring anyone. Is that going to be the same for yourself that you can keep on focusing on bigger things by building an army behind you? Yeah, eventually. Right. And that's one of the first things that Brian advised us to do. After it was, we wasn't it? Yeah. So I haven't done it. That that's going to be the. I know that's going to be one of my biggest challenges is is letting go of the baby. But yes, <laughs> actually, probably in the not too distant future, future I'm going to have to start delegating some tasks. Yeah, I put myself in a mind trap. I was thinking I can't afford to do that, but that's the wrong mindset, isn't it? I should be working out what can I make by doing that. Yeah, yeah. Robert Kiyosaki says it best. It's not that I can't afford it. It's how can I afford it? Yeah. He's another, he's another popular guy. I, I, I see his adverts on YouTube every day. Thank you, Robert. The same advert again and again, even though I've reported it and said, look, I'm getting bored of this advert. Show me another advert. Um, but yeah, again, I still haven't listened to his book. Um, his book is, well, the first one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Was that the one? Yeah. yeah have you read the original or have you read that there's a second version, isn't there? There's like an expanded version. I... I don't know which one I've read at this point because I've also recently re-listened to it, but I think it was the original, which is oh, short. Okay. It's, yeah. it's sufficient. And yeah. He's written many books since then. Now I've gotten my dad to read it in because it's translated in Russian, so it's easier for him to read in Russian. So it's yeah. he's been reading Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, I actually well indirectly also I can make the if I make an even one more sort of connection robert is the reason that we're that we're talking right now because if it wasn't for robert then i probably wouldn't have made as much a deal i may not have even heard about the david ike interview with brian getting censored on youtube oh right because brian interviewed robert well that 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 was part of it but also because of someone robert recommended had already had david ike on oh okay that interview and i was like he's fine he's a little out there but like whatever, like everyone's allowed to express. Plus for me personally, I actually love that. When you get to hear someone who thinks differently from you, it's so exciting because for me, it's like, how the heck did they make those connections? Yeah. And it starts to really get fascinating. It starts to get you to think. That's why I, in a way, I feel bad for people who just go, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, that guy has been discredited. It's like, so what? Have you listened to any of it? Yeah, I was... Um... In a journey, so yeah, that's how it. So it was, it was so blame Robert and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in a generation with someone and and they saw on Facebook about a protest in London, they started attacking. There was they literally called everyone idiots, and I was like, You don't know any of the people who are at that. (laughs) You've made that assumption. It's like that's quite scary when someone can just see see a Facebook post and immediately assume that 35,000 people are idiots. It's like, You don't know that's. But this is a, a common thing. It seems to be this tarring of a big brush, isn't it? It's like, ah, oh, conspiracy. But, which I, I personally think now conspiracy or conspiracy theorist is a new racist word, I think now. It's a new way of labeling and crushing people. You know, much the same as 
idiot, retard, whatever, those sort of words, a conspiracy theorist is now socially, um, what, what would the word be? Ostracized. There we go. Thank, thank you, CIA, for inventing that word. Yes. Oh, no, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, no, I've done it again. Well, there we go. So, Awkward Mind Podcast, a place to uh, listen to. Where do people find this podcast? Oh, geez, every, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Spotify, Google Podcast. I don't know. I'm trying to get on iHeartRadio. Apparently, has podcasts now. Everyone's doing it. A- Amazon's going to have it soon. So, everyone's oh. jumping in the podcasting ba- bandwagon. So, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So, if you think about listening to podcasts, mm. it's there. You just search for the awkward mind and it pops up. Do you pick out ethical ones or are you just going with everyone? You're just whoring yourself with every publisher or everything, or do you, are you picking them out selectively? Yeah, I, I, I haven't thought about it because my point is to connect with as many with as many people as possible yeah so the more places that they can listen to it the the better right it goes back to that social media conversation we had it's go where the people are okay what about linkedin is that a good thing to be on or not i sure it it depends on your on your on your purpose what you're trying to do okay it's slowly becoming more of like the Facebook from seven years ago is I guess what people are saying, but I'm not going to say that I'm a social media guru where I know uh, I can help you sort of disconnect from it and use it in a more responsible way. Yes, please. <laughs> Beyond that as to which platform you should be on. It's, it's where, where your main audience is, is where you should be. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so we've got your awkward mind podcast. We have this, the the media detox. Is that going to be on your awkward mind website? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go to awkwardmind.com and just put your email in, I will send you all the information. Brilliant. And what is your main audience for for this, for your, for your, for your Awkward Mind podcast? What's your sort of target audience or are you growing out of your target audience now? That's a that's a good challenge. I've sort of danced around it, but I, I, I think they're still primarily slightly awkward, introverted males, 30, 35 years old, or professionals and just find themselves kind of stuck in life yeah so they're open-minded they do want to grow they just don't know how yeah so i hope that these conversations help them and anyone who has an open mind and wants to self-develop do just that and develop a more successful mindset yeah fantastic well thank you very much for joining me today i know you have a another a gathering of minds to come shortly. So I will leave you to that. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Yuri, uh, for joining our, on my little podcast today. Uh, loving speaking to you. And um, I think we're going to have to have one of our, a surreal, I know it's bubbling. We, we need to have a surreal conversation at some point soon. Cause when I was on your show a while back, we went off on a tangent just after the show. And I think we need to do one of those because I think it's going to be quite funny. Sure. Absolutely. I'm open to <laughs> Thank you, James. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. And uh, if you want to find any more stuff about myself, it's at fatherfinney.com or at Facebook's Father Finney's Congregation. Soon to be in LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I've got to push, pull the trigger, but I, uh, uh, yeah, another day. <laughs> right. Well, that's it for today. Have a great day and uh, podcast away. <laughs>